0: Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing with Hermesek, Kisubas, Perek, Tess, Mishnah Beis and Mishnah Gimel. So our Mishnah is discussed in the following. When someone dies and there are multiple people who they owe money to. Either they owe them money because, let's say, they borrowed money from them. Their lenders are out there. Or there's the wife who says, I now get my ksuba," And then lastly, there are the Yarshin the children who also get the Yerusha. They get the inheritance. Well... All three of these people have different sorts of claims, and there are also different rules governing them. One of the more important rules, especially for our mission, is that movable items, objects, that is not lands or maybe slaves as well, but money, clothing, utensils, those always go to the heirs, and there's no what's called, there's no shibud, there's no lien on them. So whereas land, there's a lien on, and therefore if the wrong person gets it, um, the creditor for instance perhaps can sue and, and, and claim it when it comes to movable objects that once you do tra- a, a transaction with a movable object we don't say oh wait this guy owed someone money so now the creditors can come along and seize the item when it's in, once it's in someone else's possession so again in our scenario the heirs of someone when they inherit a movable item there is the creditors or, or whoever they may be whether it's the the, the wife or actual creditors you new know, people who lent them money they cannot seize these uh these uh, these, uh, these movable items it's called metalallin so here's this individual dies, And again, now there's a wife, there are who wants her ksuba. there's a lender who say, "You look, you owe, he owed me money, and then lastly, there are the heirs who claim the property. But, but interestingly here, this guy, I know he's a businessman, so while he may have owed people money, he also had others who either owed him money or were holding some sort of deposit that was his. So now the situation is as follows. Normally, once a man, you know, dies, so his movable items automatically go, go to his children, and then you can't seize it from them because, again, the can go to the children, and once you ha- the children have the talhun, there's no lien on them anymore. But here, one can make an arg- argument that since the uh, money or the deposit is is in a third party's hands, again, a lot of people here. So again, just to quickly sketch out again: person dies, a wife wants wants her super, children want their movable property, and the creditor wants his money, and and then this man as well, there is a third party who's holding money that was owed to the deceased. So do we say, look, auto, once the deceased dies, once the guy dies, so the third party stuff automatically goes to the Yarshan and then no one can claim it? Or perhaps we can say before it gets to the Yarshan's hands, it's now just as if it's no, it's, it's no one's hands and therefore the creditor could come along or the wife can come along and say, hey, give me give me that money. It never it never got to the hands of the Yarshan yet and therefore I can say there's technically a lien on it. So there's a dispute. A Mahalokos or Paraphanomer you, you, the, uh, the kosher, it should go to the weakest one among them, either the widow or the lender. The Gemara discusses which one's weaker. Is it because perhaps the woman's weaker because she doesn't really know what's, what's her husband's possessions, what are not her husband's possessions. She's not going to know how to locate the kisubo, so therefore we say just take this money because we know it's for sure the husband's. Um, either way, be it as it may, it's not going to go to the Yarshan, it's not going to go to the kids because they have not uh, received it yet. Therefore, it's not considered theirs. We give it to either the woman or the or the, the, or the the person who lent the guy money, the creditor. We keep on right in we don't have mercy and judgment. Rather, Eliyahu it's theirs. It's rightfully the Yarshim's. It's, it's the heirs. Um, they, they're considered the owners. the Second, the husband dies even before they actually receive the item. It's now theirs, um, and they are they're, they're the strongest. And part, and part of the reason we know they're strongest is because a wife needs to swear that the kshu was owed her, and the creditor is willing to swear that they're owed money. Whereas the Yarshan, we just automatically, there's no shvu, they don't have to swear it's theirs. We know they're the kids, and therefore they were to get it. So that makes them stronger, and they, for, they for, therefore they should get it. So again, Rukarafan says, um, give us the weaker ones. And Rekiva says, we don't show judgment, we don't show mercy, excuse me, judgment, and you should give it to the uh, Yarshan. Let's continue this. Um, another permutation of this in the Machok is with Tarfan Rakiva. So the husband dies and leaves produce that already been detached, harvested. So now the harvest are considered uh. So the first position in the mission is time. comes says whoever comes first and seizes them keeps them, as in they all have claim to them, so whoever gets the first gets them. What if What if the you know the overzealous wife or Balkhov, the creditor come along and they seize all the produce, and it turns out they took more than the debt that they're owed? Hamoser, so what do you do with the leftovers? But Tarfon Amar Yitmi Lo Gives the weaker one among them. But Kiva Amar No Ein Rachamudin, With No Rachamudin. Rather Elhit L'Yarshim Give it to the Yarshim. Shekun Tziut Shuva, But Ein Yarshim Tziut L'Shuvah. Yarshim Not Yishevua means they have the strongest claim. I wish you all a wonderful day.